Alex, I want to know about this deadly manners. Am I pretending like I don't know about it? No, I mean, you voiced it, so you <laughs> I know about it. it. But, but I know about he's it. He's the creator, so it's easier for him to talk about it. Yeah. And we're both on it. We're both on it. And we're Michelle, oh my God, Michelle, you're so good on this thing. Go on. No, you're really good. Aww. You know, you you really embody the character. What's your character's name? Esther Feinstein. Esther Feinstein. What did you base it on? My mother. Oh, really? Yeah, but the thing is, my mother's from Brooklyn, and I really don't want to do a half-ass Brooklyn accent. Yeah. I would have to work on it, so I was kind of going in and out of Brooklyn, huh. and and he and Alex is like, mm, just be you, so I just did it as me. Oh. I channeled my mother, but not a phony accent well i play the fortune teller and how did you get in character well i'm thinking about i think about the vampires when i think about the Anne rice books and lestat and and all of the the, the body snatcher books that she did I, I, there's a there's a voice i hear when i read those books and when i read for the fortune teller that's what i conjured up now you alex are. is here alex alex did you write this thing no ali garfinkel did she was the head writer on this and we also had uh, Kim Ndombe and my cast line and Michelle's favorite Michael Ferrati write uh, a couple episodes. I know most of you are listening are probably like, who's this guy, Alex? My name is Alex Aldea. I'm actually the producer of What's the Tea and have been the producer of the show from the very beginning. And I also run a small podcast network called the Paragon Collective. Essentially, like we all started doing audio dramas together. I did one called Darkest Night that you guys both did. Darkest mm -hmm. Night is like the first horror one I produced. I'm a badass on that. Yeah, mm. Michelle plays all sorts of badass characters. Uh huh. So you're a, what? You're and a Bruce always a fucking bartender <laughs> uh -huh. or a barista. Yeah, she was a bartender, a barista, and a mom. Yes, a grandmother actually. Yeah, I think you're fucking <laughs> kicking ass. Yes, yeah. typecasting. And you're very. <laughs> Very good at the fortune teller. Oh, like I was you. had chills. Thank you. Oh, okay. I love like the breathy style and everything. Yeah, yeah. You know, you act in a lot of the audio dramas I make, and mm -hmm. every time you have a character in one of them, yeah. My favorite thing to do is um, when I'm writing the score, take one of your songs and make an orchestral version of it. So there's oh. an orchestral sissy that walk. In I there. love that. It's so <laughs> leotarded. That is completely unitarded. Yeah, and then I made an orchestral version of American for Darkest Night. Uh huh. And the funniest thing is like. Like there's this whole crowd of people who are like super stoked to hear you and everything in Darkest Night. And there was a whole crowd of like straight people who were just like, who is this grandmother? <laughs> oh, my goodness. She sounds a little what? off. Yeah, and why does she keep saying kitty girl? Ah. <laughs> so where can our listeners hear dark, Deadly, Manners. Deadly Manners? So they can hear it right now, the first episode, and then they can go subscribe on the Deadly Manners feed. And then if they want to as well. Episodes come out a week early on AMC's Sundance Now app and Shutter app. Okay, that all sounds very complicated. Okay, say, say I'm listening. <laughs> I'm listening to this right now. What What do I do? Where do I go? You just listen here, and then when you're done, just subscribe to the Deadly Mid. Deadly oh, Manners we're going to play it right after this right now. We're playing this right after oh, this. Okay, so oh, they're going to be able to hear it on our thing. Yeah, <gasps> that's, oh, that's so great. great. That's fabulous. Yeah, so they're here, and we want them to subscribe. We want them to subscribe. That's now, easy. how do they subscribe? They just search Deadly Manners. They hit subscribe, and it's a really cool cast. Search too. it in Google. Oh, in uh, your podcast app or Google. In your podcast app on your um, uh, iPhone, but what if you have Android? This is the thing that we get asked all the time. Like, how do you listen to What's the Tea if you have an Android? Which is why I'm saying it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Go with mm -hmm. it. So there's my favorite thing is there's a $3 app. Okay. it costs money, but it's called Pocket Cast. And it's Pocket Cast. That's my favorite thing. Okay. Mm -hmm. and, then and, and if they don't want to pay $3. There's one called Podcast Addict that's also decent. Podcast Addict. Yeah. Okay. Those are my two favorite. Mm -hmm. so. Okay. so they go download those and they search Deadly Manners. Yes. Okay. Yes.
Deadly manners. Every time I, I, it's, I might I conjure up someone with a really bad attitude. <laughs> deadly you know, manners. Deadly manners. You know what it's it conjures like, up to me? Uh, Clue. Though the, the 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 movie Clue the movie, was the based game. on the game. Yeah. You think about the mansion. You think about deadly manners, and deadly I think of manners. a manner of a, as a M A O R, a manner yeah. like a home. See, yeah, I think of manners like um. You, you would you wipe your mouth, like, please? Bitch, your manners are deadly. You're deadly. Oh my god. <laughs> Rotten. That's so good. great. So people are going to hear it right now. Yeah. Will they hear Michelle and I in it right now? You come in episode two. Michelle uh, comes in episode one. Something uh, terrible happens to Michelle in chapter one. Oh dear. And, Awful. And, oh. And the great thing too is there's also an amazing cast of like who else is on it? Deadly Manners. We have future what's the tea guests like Kristen Bell and Lavar Burton is narrating. Uh huh. And then we have a bunch of past what's the tea guests like uh, Anna Klumsky uh-huh. from Veep. Love. Uh, Tim Simmons from V. Oh, uh, I love Tim Jonah. Simmons. Yeah, he he basically plays a more badass, older, more racist Jonah in this. Uh-huh. <laughs> I don't know how that's possible, but yeah. okay. Um, but wait a minute, you mentioned who was that first? You mentioned um, Kristen Bell. Yes, and then Lavar Burton narrating. Uh, uh, Jordy LaForge. Jordy LaForge. Yeah, from Star, from Star Trek. Trek. Yes. Reading Rainbow. Yeah, and Roots. Kunta Kinte. Roots. Yeah. You wanted. Uh, Emmy for that, didn't I? I should hope so. He yeah. He's got a really popular podcast now called LeVar Burton Reads. And then Alicia Bow from 13 Reasons Why is on this too. She uh-huh. played the beautiful ex-best friend. Yes. She's beautiful. Uh, good yeah. actress too. You got a good cast. Yeah, and Dennis O'Hare as well. Oh my God. Oh my goodness. Yeah. How brilliant. Yeah. All right, so look, why don't we listen? Yes. Right, let's, let's do, do it, it right now. All Deadly right, here Manners. is Deadly Manners. Chapter one. It was the winter of 1954, and the annual dinner gala at the Billings Estate was packed with politicians, philanthropists, people of all enormous wealth and status. Par for the course, of course. This event was the brainchild of Veronica Billings. A blue blood by birth, but she swore it ran green. Welcome, welcome, welcome to our home, everyone. It is that time of year again where we all gather and celebrate the blessing that is life. My wallet seems to think that time comes more than once a year. (laughs) Bill Billings wasn't much for public fanfare, but he always played his part. He raised his glass in acknowledgement, but immediately left the spotlight of attention his wife had garnered. And of course, my husband William, whom you all know, and I hope love as much as I do. Well, maybe not as much. I mean, we are married after all. (laughs) Olivia, Olivia darling, where are you? Olivia Billings was Veronica and William's adopted daughter. A young Veronica had plucked her from her impoverished land of Liberia when she was just a child. She cared not about the laws of her own segregated country, for the wealthy had their own segregation. Only things that truly separated their kind from the others were commas, and zeros. Here, Mama. Come forward, won't you? (laughs) A shy Billings. I could swear you weren't even mine. I'm not. (laughs) Like her father, Olivia did not enjoy the spotlight as much, at least not when she had to share it with her mother. 
For those of you who are joining us for the first time tonight, this is my daughter, Olivia. I saved her from a life of nothing. Isn't that grand? <laughs> Olivia smiled with gratitude, or tried to at least. Now everyone eat, drink, and keep the party going. <laughs> Veronica schmoozed her way across the room, greeting guests with endless effervescence. Madam. Heavens! You know, you mustn't sneak up on me like that. My mistake. The chef wanted to know when the main course should be circulated, as you had not determined time prior. George, the ever-faithful butler, had a knack for appearing when he was least expected. A rather exasperating talent. Oh, you know scheduling takes all the fun out of it. But all right, I suppose eight o'clock is sufficient and make sure the aperitif is served immediately before. Of course, madam. I will ring for the maid and have her clean this up. Again, my apologies for startling you so. The maid, Beatrice, entered the room and all eyes instantly fell on her. She was young and effortlessly beautiful. Two things Veronica clung to with every ounce of her being. She quickly made her way to the broken glass and began sweeping up the mess. Make sure you get every last piece. Of course, ma'am. Veronica glared sharply, giving the shards of glass a run for its money. And what did I tell you about calling me ma'am? My apologies. Veronica sauntered away to the other guests who demanded her presence. The maid watched her go, briefly connecting eyes across the room with Olivia, who glared at her pitifully. Joseph and Esther Feinstein, my most trusted benefactors. I'm so glad you could make it. Well, you know, it wasn't easy with this awful snowstorm coming. I mean, the radio said we're due for 14 inches. Can you believe that? Esther, enough about the weather. I had to hear about it the entire drive here. Now, now, let's not grab at each other's throats like that. We're all just here to have a good time, right? Speaking of here, where is Senator Clark? And you tell me not to start. I have some ideas, that's all. Okay, I, I don't see what the big deal is about talking shop with a powerful man. He's trying to change the property taxes so he stops losing money on his terrible building investment. They're not terrible. I'm being robbed by the government. A few individuals in particular. I'm almost certain of it. I have names, I think. I didn't realize I married Joseph McCarthy. Don't even joke like that. My husband is still a bit sensitive about the whole communist business. Veronica scanned the room for her husband. She spotted him across the way amidst a small crowd being greatly entertained by their hired magician. Pick a card, any card. William pulled a card from the deck. It was the Jack of Diamonds. Now put it back in the deck, face down. Don't let me see it. William did just so. Is this your card? No, sir. He put it face down on the table and pulled another. How about this? <laughs> Wrong again. Enrique put that one face down as well and pulled a third card. This? William shook his head. Enrique put the third card face down in front of him. Hmm. Well, sir, if none of those three cards were yours, then explain this. 
Enrique flipped over the three face-down cards to reveal three Jack of Diamonds. Ooh. Oh, my goodness. A triumph. Truly outstanding. Enrique bowed fantastically, soaking up the sounds of pleasure he craved so desperately from his audience. A trick deck for a tricky man. Nothing exceptionally magical about that. Oh, don't be rude, Olivia. It's unbecoming. Olivia rolled her eyes, sipping at her drink in disdain. <sighs> I'm going upstairs. Veronica noticed her daughter's hasty exit and approached her husband. Now what was that all about? Champagne problems. What? What's wrong with the champagne? No, sweetie. I simply mean she's being a teenager. You know how it can be. You were that young once. His eyes drifted over to where the maid was clearing out a row of down drinks. Veronica noticed. Yes, well, time passes for us all. The snow had started its earthly assault. Chunks of white colliding with the ground like frosty missiles. See? I told you it was gonna be bad. Now, how are we supposed to get home? Maybe we should leave now. You know Veronica would never allow that. Besides, we haven't even had dinner yet. Perhaps it'll subside by then. All right. Will you hold my drink? I'm off to the restroom. Attention! Attention, everyone! As you may have noticed, there is a bit of a storm raging around us. Rest assured, should roads become undrivable, you are all welcome to stay here until it lets up. We have plenty of space, plenty of heat, and I can't afford to have anything happen to any of you. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Perhaps I should go grab some candles, just in case. Veronica left, and the guests chattered on. Forks feeding into hungry mouths, plates being scraped, glasses clinking together. The sound of a soft piano. It was a lavish affair, and everyone seemed to be enjoying themselves. Until the power went out completely. Where's the light? This isn't good. Turn the power back on. And then... What was that sound? When the lights came on, a shriek was heard from a nearby room. In the billiards room, everyone found an astonished Veronica standing over the dead, bleeding body of the formerly fabulous Enrique Ensemble. A bullet hole through his head, a silver pistol on the ground beside him. William rushed to his wife's side. What the hell happened here? Looks like he made his life disappear. A suicide? Maybe it's another trick. Oh, don't be so crass, Olivia. A man is dead. Oh, dear, and on my Parisian rug. How cruel. Madam. A shaken Veronica clutched her chest in fright. George! Apologies again, but it appears as though the phone lines are down. Then uh, how are we supposed to call the police? We're not. It seems. Should I take care of the- I wouldn't touch it. <gasps> Dear God, is that- Everyone looked at where Esther was pointing. It was to the silver pistol on the floor, engraved with the letters J.F. Joseph, why is your gun on the floor? No, 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 no
patted his pockets in disbelief while Esther grabbed the gun. I have no idea. Please tell me you didn't do this. Of course not. I was in the restroom. So you say. Olivia! How did this man get your gun? Maybe he didn't. Olivia. What? This party was so boring until now. Boring? Well, he was a magician. You know, he could have easily taken it from my pocket. Joseph felt the prying eyes of a curious crowd. His wife backed away from him. Esther, please. I think I need to lie down. Excuse me. Esther! He went to go after her, but William stopped him. What, what are you doing? Let me go! Just calm down, Joe. You can't be serious. You can't possibly think that I had anything to do with this. Clearly she does. To your room, Olivia. Now. Perhaps you should stay in here for now, Joseph. Uh, just until the police come. I always knew you couldn't trust his kind. Prominent politician Roger Clark sneered at the now ostracized Joseph Feinstein. His wife Nancy looked at him embarrassed. Roger, don't start. It's bad enough the world of politics is filled with scandal and now this Jew is bringing chaos to what was supposed to be a perfectly wonderful evening. We don't know what happened or why and attacking a man for his religious beliefs will not be tolerated in this house. As you can see, all kinds are accepted here. I like you, Billings, but you liberals make me sick. This guy is clearly a murderer. Should I just sit back and accept that too? Well, I suppose that's the sound of dinner. If anyone's still hungry. Oh, please don't go. Veronica followed the exiting crowd to the front doors of her house. Everyone could see that the snow outside had piled halfway high up the window already. It's too dangerous to go now. So is staying in the house with a murderer. Roger tried to open the doors, but they were frozen shut. Roger, relax. Let's wait for the police to arrive. We'll sort everything out. Until then, why don't we all have some dinner? At least try to enjoy what's left of this night. Yes, yes, my incredible husband once again has a very good point. We don't know how long the storm is to last, and we all need to eat, so let's at least do that and try to keep ourselves busy until help arrives. Veronica gave her husband a loving kiss. Everyone looked at them adoringly, except the maid who turned her back to the ensuing affection and aggressively attended to a nearby dusty table. The partygoers filed back into the living room where plates of food had been laid out before them. Dinner is served. Thank you, George. Of course, madam. The festive raucousness had dwindled to a low murmur, one of Veronica's worst fears. Are you all right, my dear? I don't know. This whole situation has made me feel rather ill. Keep people's spirits up. It's what you do best. We're going to be all right. Perhaps we should play a game. Would everybody like that? Oh, yes. 
How about some charades? I think that's a superb idea, Veronica. Well, why don't I go first? I'll act something out and you all try to guess what it is. Ready? <clears throat> Two words. A person. Veronica nodded, then grabbed an ornate black candlestick holder from the mantel. Baseball player? Hmm, don't really know many sports players. Honey? <sighs> Yogi Berra. Mickey Mantle? Ted Williams? Nellie Fox? Veronica saw Olivia lurking around the doorway. She grabbed her and pulled her over so that she was front and center. Veronica pointed to her daughter's skin, then made the swinging motion again. Ah, Jackie Jack Robinson. Robinson. Oh, oh, good, that was so fun. For who? Olivia yanked her arm away from her mother. Now, Olivia. And you can't use props of any kind. Someone else take a turn. I should check on our Esther. On the other side of the room, Roger chatted up the maid, who was trying to clear some of the empty plates. Well, aren't you just the sweetest little thing? You must be horrified by this whole ordeal. He fingered the frills of her uniform. The maid evaded his unwelcome touch. Perhaps, sir, you should console your wife. Oh, come now. It's a party. I'm a powerful man. Isn't there something you want? Certainly. But not from you. You're making a mistake. We'll see about that. The maid yanked herself free and fled, but not before being spotted by Roger's wife, Nancy, who witnessed the entire thing as she flawlessly acted out her charades. Esther, are you all right? You should eat something, darling. How am I supposed to eat when my husband could be a killer? You don't know that yet. Doesn't mean it isn't true. You know, I always had a feeling about him. He was always very secretive with his business dealings. He could have been up to anything. Could have been worse, couldn't it? He could have been the one who died. I'd almost prefer it. You're just shaken up. Regardless, you still need to take care of yourself. Come, let's go downstairs and rejoin the party. You go ahead. I need a few more minutes. Veronica gave her a quick hug and made her exit. The party seemed to be ramping up again. People desperate to forget that only a few feet away lie a dead man locked in a room with his supposed killer. Veronica scanned the room, pleased that her night was not yet completely lost. In a few moments, the butler will come by with more cocktails. Please, everyone, help yourselves and let him know if you need anything else. Veronica rejoined her husband, who sat at their grand piano playing a jaunty tune. Keeping the spirits up too, I see. I may not love these parties of yours, but I do love you. And it pains me to see you so upset. What are we going to do? What if we're snowed in for days? The, the body will certainly start to smell. Oh, what an awful smell that would be. And Joseph, what are we to do about him? You don't think he actually did it, do you? As much as I don't want to believe he's capable of such a thing, people always have ways of surprising you. Oh, just keep thinking about poor Esther. What will become of her? Now, Esther is strong and resilient, just like you. No matter what happens, she will be fine. 
And so will we. I do hope you're right. Oh, no! Veronica noticed a significantly drunker Roger harassing a freshly emerged Esther. Despicable. That's what you are. A bunch of Christ killers. No wonder you murder. It's in your blood. Mr. Clark, I find your comments reprehensible and I- I don't give a shit what you find. You and all your people can go to hell for all I care. Jewish people don't believe in hell. Oh, good. The Moor has something to say. Speak up, child, unless you want a whipping from your massa. Now that is enough of that. Don't you dare speak to my daughter that way. Don't you know who I am? I'm the most powerful man in this room. I could buy and sell all of you at the drop of a hat. William quickly rushed to Roger and escorted him away. Let's go take a breather, shall we? I'm so sorry, Olivia. Are you all right? I hate your friends. Sorry, everyone. The, the storm is truly wreaking havoc on our electrical system. Uh, let me make sure we're on course for dessert. Veronica left. A few moments later, the power went out again. Everyone kept talking and carrying on, knowing that it was all they could do. When the lights finally came back on, Veronica had returned. Esther, I know you're upset, but... We do have to at least feed your husband. Do we? I'll come with you. And don't worry, there's nothing to be afraid of. After all, you're the one with the gun now, aren't you? <sighs> you're right. Let's go. The two women grabbed a plate of food and went to the room where Joseph Feinstein was quartered off. Veronica grabbed the key from the dresser. A familiar ornate black candlestick holder covered in blood laid next to the now dead body of Joseph Feinstein. Thanks for checking that out, guys. And I guess go subscribe on iTunes. I guess. You better go subscribe. Give them an order, Alex. Yeah. Subscribe on iTunes, bitch. There you go. <laughs> That's how our listeners like to hear. Exactly. We're going to leave you with a preview of chapter two. You better take your hands off me. And you better take your hands off that. Oh, God, who did this? It could have been anyone. Anyone with your candelabra. Police, you did it! You hear me? I'll tell the police you did it! I will not spend one more minute in this slaughterhouse. My lips are sealed. All right, honey. Let me get you all set up. Chapter 2 is available now on the Deadly Manners feed, so please subscribe. We're going to close out this episode with my rendition of Rue's American from the Darkest Night podcast. Bye.